Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Adrian Lurson, the co-founder and vice president of strategic development at JD Supra, a leading content distribution and data analytics platform. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Hi there. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege. So tell us about your background and your role at JD Supra. I wear many different hats. I lead much of the editorial initiatives that we have, do a tremendous amount of marketing I'm involved in the strategic direction and product development, a jack of all trades in many ways, as a co-founder often is. And I would say probably the de facto public voice of JD Supra, along with our VP of Client Services, Paul Rapluski. And as a consequence, I'm the person who's coming to speak to everyone. And we're looking forward to it. So what is your presentation at the Legal Marketing Association's Northeast Conference going to be about? Well, the title is How to Turn Reader Data into Business Development Wins for Your Firm. So really, it's about the intersection of business development and reader data. But I think I am trying to do two things here. One is to establish a strategic context for everyone to understand what opportunity looks like today. 2019 going into 2020, after about 10 or 15 years of development of tools and technologies that have given us the age of information. And then specifically, once that sort of context is established by talking through what I'm seeing happen in the marketplace, give people specific actionable takeaways that they can use in their firms, no matter what the depth or investment is in their thought leadership from the biggest players to those who are just dabbling. To give it slightly more context, with a service like mine, JD Super, we get a very interesting perspective on things. We see a tremendous amount of content produced by a lot of law firms. We see how people respond to that content positively. And we have a lot of conversations with different clients about what that means to them. And I think what I'm talking about here is that third part, talking to our clients about what engagement with their content means and what tools they want and processes they want in order to act on that. And big picture, I think for years, most law firms, first and foremost, in this particular digital age, understood that unleashing thought leadership, which has been produced for years and predates the internet, unleashing it on the world was a credentialing activity. So really high up on the sales funnel, an opportunity for branding. This is what we're good at. This is one of the things that is at the core of what our firm offers, and these are the people who do it well. But as a credentialing activity, the primary interest wasn't necessarily in what kind of opportunities arose when people read and engaged with the content. As the dust has settled, as people have come to understand this landscape in which we're all operating now, we're all publishers, we're all experts, we all have something to say to a particular target audience, as that has really established itself in the minds of BD and marketing people, I think things have shifted as reflected in the conversations that we've had with clients and the kinds of things they're asking from us and talking about the things that they're doing internally. And one of those shifts really is to understand the large and small opportunities, the specific single instances of opportunity and the larger trends in the marketplace that can be acted upon when you look at 
how the C-suite and other important audiences, groups of readers, are engaging with law firm content. So big picture, I'm going to talk about what that looks like. It's very abstract, but go into specific detail with stories about what people are doing that's super smart and interesting. And then once I've established that big strategic context, talk through best practices that I'm seeing people use within firms today and things that people can take with them and use internally. And I would say, lastly, I've been asked to speak on this stuff for years, and it's really interesting to note how the prompt changes over time and the questions that are asked at these conferences change. And a couple of years ago, there was a question that kept coming up at various places, and it receded into the background again. And it's essentially, what's the connection between PR and business development? And how can we facilitate a meaningful connection between PR and business development? I would say that in my experience doing the work that I'm doing lately, I think that that intersection is with data. And it's interesting, not always, but a lot of the times, the people within a law firm who own and run and are responsible for a content strategy, given the nature of their experience, tend to be PR and comms people. So they're sitting on not only really excellent content and the ability to get that content out there, they're also sitting on a lot of really interesting, useful data that isn't making its way necessarily to the BD teams, but should. And so I've had these conversations with people and interactions and experiences where it's really amazing to see what happens when PR and BD get together around things like reader data and all of the other data sets that come out of that and what kind of opportunities arise and how people can act on it. So I'll have plenty of examples of that. Why is this such an important topic in the current environment? For one thing, if content marketing is an exercise in credentialing, the ROI then is a measure of just how many people saw our content. If we're in the business of letting the world know that we're really good at this particular kind of patent litigation, can we measure how many hundreds of thousands of people are aware of that because they saw our content? The ROI has now dropped down that sales funnel, as I sort of talked about earlier, that business development funnel, and allows people to, among other things, actually score business growth wins based on content. And this is something that many of the most forward-thinking, smart, and sophisticated content strategists and law firms out there are doing. And it's important to know how to do this so that it makes a difference within your own firm. It's a very different ROI for your content to be able to turn it into business wins. It's vital. What are a few key takeaways that you hope attendees will be able to apply at their organizations? I have this one story about a marketer that I'll tell who is super smart at doing these things in which she makes this point. She was at one time a marketer at a smallish firm in which she didn't have a huge team. And she makes this point that when an attorney asks you to do something, when a partner asks you to do something, it's not like you get to say yes or no. Inevitably, you're going to do it. What she did when she was asked to be involved in this relatively large, somewhat expensive content undertaking is she used data first and foremost to tell her whether or not it was a priority because she was going to do it 
She just wanted to prioritize the task relative to all the other things everybody else was asking of her. And what she learned is that what the data showed is that it was a top priority and something that the firm should act on immediately. So this allowed her to not only allocate resources to produce a whole bunch of text content, but actually spend money to produce video content. So she used data. She was wielding data in a very, very specific way. And once that had been done, she then looked at a different set of data, the response and reaction to the content that had been produced across specific industries, which we gave her the ability to do. And one of the things that she found is that her, her firm's own clients within a particular sector were especially interested in this content. So they readjusted the campaign entirely, not to this broad content around a specific issue, but a, a direct mail campaign to existing clients within the sector that had the most interest in this topic and got in touch with them and said, we don't serve you in this, but we can, and you should know that if you have any questions on this topic, we have a team in place that, is, that knows exactly what it's doing and is ready to talk to you, and that led to a whole bunch of work. So I think it's a really terrific example of incredibly smart use of content with business in mind. And I could sit here on this call and talk through an endless list of these different examples. The long and the short of it is that through examples of what people are actually doing today, at the end of the day, I'm going to leave people with best practices that they can take back to their firm, no matter the size that they can use today to get more out of and make use of the engagement with their content from big to small. You've mentioned content a few times now. What is the most appealing format, topic structure that seems to work and is most popular on the JD Super platform? It changes over time, and we could spend an hour just talking on this. There are a lot of people out there who, for some reason, are quite fixated, for example, on something like word length. What's the optimal word length? And uh, by some rubric, you know, you could come up with an optimal word count. From our point of view, we've been at this for over a decade now. And there's this distinction that we make. If you think about the age that we live in, in which it's never been easier for everybody to have something to say, there are actually two different types of information in our view. And it's simplistic, but it helps us to narrow it this way. One is what you want to know, and the other is what you need to know. And what you want to know is the type of information that drives much of the froth and energy and chatter and interest and attempted learning for marketers around all of this stuff. So I want to know my friends' recommendations for the best restaurants and movies to go to. I want to know the latest joke. I want to see a clip from the latest Star Wars movie that's coming out. And all of that is based on this fundamental understanding of the dwindling human attention span. It's very, very short. The realm that all of the people in this audience operates in is actually a realm in which there are people who don't want but need to know very specific things, and oftentimes those things are extraordinarily complex. You cannot reduce them down to a 30-second video or a 500-word piece. You'll hear people talk about video, and they'll say, video has to be 30 seconds and it has to be slick and polished. There was a period of time in which the single most popular piece of content over the span of a few months on JD Super was a very, very long video recording of a series of attorneys sitting at a panel 
at a law firm event talking about opportunity zones because opportunity zones is something that a lot of people need to know as much as they can learn about it. And so they watched that video and it was long and it was very interesting to them, probably not particularly interesting to many other people, but it was based on their need to know something that they engaged with. I see content that's thousands of words long and content that's 300 words long and all of it does well. And I think if there's any quality that can make one piece of content better than the other, it's when people don't write about the law, but write about how changes in the law impact people's clients. And I've talked about this in the past, but I think that there's a really classic example of understanding how this plays out. If you take a story out of Washington, high court decision, for example, about pregnant workers, and some kind of legal implication in that regard for employers and employees. If you look at editors who are skilled at telling stories in major newspapers, they almost always have their headlines and the focus of the story being about the people impacted by that law. And that if you go to law firms who are talking about that, they aren't, the subject of their headlines is not the people, it's the law itself, or sometimes it's the court that made the decision. And that's fine if what you're doing is limited to making legal sense for general counsel in a legal team at a multinational who has the capacity, but not necessarily the time, to read that analysis. But those people, those general counsel and all of their legal teams, are begging law firms to create content that is very quickly digestible and has the ability to be shared internally. So I think that the content that doesn't focus on the law but focuses on what those changes in the law mean to very specific people is invariably the content that does better. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Adrian Lurson, the co-founder and vice president of strategic development at JD Supra, a leading content distribution and data analytics platform. He will be speaking at the Legal Marketing Association's 2019 Northeast Conference, and we are looking forward to having him. Adrian, thanks so very much. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.